Welcome to the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Andrew. This is Josh. Uh, That's uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a piece of cake. It was my, father's, cake it was my father's birthday last Sunday. I missed it because I was out of town. Yeah. And yeah, I, I just feel my stomach. I, I think I need to stop eating sweets. That's crazy talk. What kind of cake was it? Chocolate. Yeah. Every time I eat sweets, like every time I had, had a cake... Uh, and I had a cheesecake while I was away. Every time I eat sweets, my stomach gets a little upset. You're, you're, to, to, to segue into the topic of hand today, your priorities are top-notch because you skipped your dad's birthday yes. to go to Pittsburgh. That's right. I, that's right. Well, my dad was kind of... I went to Pittsburgh for Dawn of the Dead, 39th anniversary. Uh, it's, it came out in 1978, yeah, so 39 years. But they shot it 40 years ago. So we were right. in the mall 40 years ago, Monroeville in Pittsburgh, yes. shooting what I think would be one of the five best American independent films ever made. So, uh, yeah, we went to the mall. <laughs> and... Uh, and, I, and my dad was happy because he doesn't really want to. He, he's not. He doesn't really want to celebrate his birthdays anymore because he's so damn old. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the Mayfair is eighty. How old is it now? Eighty-five years old. And uh, yeah, eighty-five this December. When 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 buildings get old, we celebrate it. Right. When people get old, we hide it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't want. Yeah. Yeah, so, but my dad was good about it. It's Father's Day this Sunday, so yes. I get to celebrate both in one day. Yeah, I was there, I think I mentioned this before, but I was there years ago, seven or eight years ago, for a, a comic convention, a geek fest, the movie that I worked on. You went to the Monroeville Mall? Yeah. Okay, I thought you just made it to Evan City. No. And I'm like, Josh, you idiot, it's just down the street. Well, my story <laughs> is, I had somehow had in my head, I had just read that the mall from Dawn of the Dead got torn down, but that's the remake one. The one yes. in Toronto. Yes. So I had that in my brain. So I, I said that sentence. Who wants to go there? Yeah, who, yeah. <laughs> to see the Zack Snyder masterpiece. The, we were pulling into the mall, and I happened to say, because it was right near where this little convention center was, probably the same place you went this weekend, likely, little convention hall. Yeah, it's all in one parking lot. The yeah. mall, the hotel, and the convention center is in one parking lot. So I said, oh, man, I wish the mall still existed. I'd love to go to it. And the person who was driving pointed at the mall and said, that's it right there. And I was so excited, and we went in. And, and How long ago was that? Probably seven or eight years ago. That's good. T- there was a good time to go, because so much has changed. Yeah. When I went into the mall uh, on Thursday night, we got in Thursday night. Actually, we just drove to the mall and hung around the parking lot. And, you know, the, where the bikers come down that hill, we, we, we walked up there. And, but the next day when I went to the mall, I was so excited we went into the JCPenney entrance. It's like, oh my god, oh, there's yeah. J C Penny. I feel like I'm in the movie. And I open up the open up a door and I pulled out the shutters to close them and yeah. I hid behind them. And then the next day to find out, no, 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 that's not that's not J- where J C Penny's was four years ago. It was down in the middle of the mall. That's that's where they moved just two right. three years ago. So we went to the middle of the mall where H and M is downstairs okay, and yeah. the Cinemark Cinema is upstairs. That's where J C Penny's was. That's where they shot most of the movie. Okay. So I said to my friends. Like I want to go hang out in the cinema, so we have to go see a movie now. Be in the space, so we went to see the Mummy, just to, <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> and it was a piece of shit. I mean, yeah. all the reviews are right; it's a dog. Yeah, but it, I didn't care. I was in the space where they shot yeah. Top of the Dead, and I get to keep my movie ticket that says Monroeville Mall on it. And That's the same. When I was in Los Angeles briefly, we went and saw all the footprints at the Man's Theater mm-hmm. and everything, and it was. Michael Bay's Ninja Turtle movie screening there. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to yeah. go see that. I know. Like, and that's the problem is it's just a regular theater. Yeah. So any given time, it's just the latest Adam Sandler movie or whatever's playing there. It's not, it's not like Casablanca or something. But yeah, when I was at the mall, I don't know if that's still there or if it was a just a temporary thing. 
but they had a Mr. Rogers exhibit. Yeah, that's we, gone. That's gone. Yeah, because <laughs> that must have been their 40th anniversary yeah. or whatever. Because, yeah, Pittsburgh is George Romero movies, and Mr. Rogers was filmed at the I public kept... TV station there. And George Romero worked on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Did he? I didn't even know that. And Michael Keaton did as well. I knew Michael that. Keaton. I knew Michael yeah. Keaton played a bear. I went in there because of what you told me. It's like, where's the Mr. Rogers display? Yeah. <laughs> and they told me, well, they, they, they have a uh, Fisher Price play area. That's They call the Mr. Rogers play area, but there's nothing from the show oh, there. I wonder where it went. Just to go back to. Smithsonian. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Being in Los Angeles, I've seen so many shitty movies at the, the Chinese cinema, right. the Man Chinese Theater, because I just wanted to be in that space. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> MacGruber, I went to see MacGruber, <laughs> and uh, Romeo Must Die with Jet Li. And, oh my God. Uh, which is terrible. Yeah. But yeah, and the only thing, the mall, there's only one store open in the mall from when it, 40 years ago when they shot the movie, uh, which is this like, little shoe store. Everything's taken out, the clock is gone, the famous yeah. clock. But there is one little section at the end of a corridor that's got three pictures up. It says, Monroeville Mall, the home of George Romero's Dawn of the Dead. And they got some, there's a picture of him and Dario Argento on, in the mall. And I didn't mm-hmm. realize Dario Argento went to set. I just thought he stayed in Italy. Anyway, th- thank God that we did a tour. So this guy named Lawrence, who lives in the area, who's obsessed with the movie, and he meticulously been going through that mall forever, took us on this great tour. And we got to go behind the scenes. And uh, we got to go to all these places a regular t- a mall person doesn't get to go to. He took us, you know, he took us to these columns, and he said, "This is exactly where Ken Forhey was standing when I was on his walkie-talkie." Because if you look at the the markings on the on the, on the slabs of the pillar, and he had frames in the movie on, in a booklet, you can match them. And, and so he, he was great to be able to take us and show us those things, and show us where Tom Savini jumped off, and show us where the clock used to be, and. And take us and got hold of prop the keys from the. Uh, the I can't believe the they still had yeah, that. <laughs> that's what she's the girl, the woman who runs the mall, the manager. She she loves the movie and she loves the fans, and she's able to say, yeah, those are the keys. That's the key chain. I mean, a few of the keys have probably been replaced, broken right. over the years, and replaced. But that's you know when they made the movie, they just picked up the same keys that they use for the whole mall, and they use them all the time. Um, so when they filmed there, I never even thought about this, but it, it was a working mall, so they must yeah. have just been filming like. 5 p.m. till 9 a.m. kind of thing. Yeah, they. Yeah, it was funny. I was hard to. I, it was hard to get that out of anyone, even people who worked at the movie, because some of the zombies were like, oh, "I was only here for the last three days." Or yeah, and uh, you know, even Tom Savini wasn't there the whole time. But I think it shot from November to January, 1977. And they took a break for Christmas, I think. Yeah, they, it was over like fall and yeah, winter or something. They couldn't shoot during Christmas because yeah. they put up all the Christmas decorations, oh. and they couldn't put take them down and put them up yeah. every night. So. I mean, it, it was it was fun meeting all the zombies, the nurse zombie, the blonde zombie, the helicopter, the helicopter zombie. He was really sweet. Um, oh yeah, I met that guy too when I was in Pittsburgh. The only guy there was a few people I didn't bother talking to because twenty U.S. dollars adds up after an autograph. After yeah. an autograph, you know, the, the the reporter from the beginning of the movie was just sitting there and he was dressed in the same suit, in his hair the same way. <laughs> no one was talking to him, and I felt bad. Oh. I thought Ian, if Ian Driscoll is here, he talked to that guy. <laughs> when I was there. There was a, a, I believe, a couple who were claiming to be the stunt coordinators or the prop coordinators or something Ooh. like that, and they were selling bullet casings, I guess yes. you'd call it. the nurse zombie had that. And so I witnessed something right out of like the, the playbook of how to be the worst Comic-Con person ever. Yeah. So they had a display, and yeah. it said, only five left. This is the last five in the world. Yeah. They sold those five and then opened up a suitcase 
filled with dozens of bullet casings <laughs> and then put out another five. And we're like, the last five, the last five. So they were just for for at the you know, thirty years, forty years, yeah. just keeping on selling random bullet casings. Yeah, from the mall. Yeah. From the, the gun shop down the street. Exactly, yeah. And I was like, Oh, that's that's bad. That's yeah. that's not cool. Yeah, well we, we got VIP tickets, so we got a piece of the escalator because they turned down the escalator a few years back and they they, they gave it out to the fans. It rocks from the mine, the Waffle oh, yeah. Mine, where they shot Day of the Dead, where, that we went to. And, uh, yeah, those two things. We went to the Waffle Mine, which was really interesting. It was closed, but um, when we pulled up, it was so freaking hot that day. Yeah. Uh, it was a scorcher. And But we went to the mall, the mine entrance, and you can look in and look at the mine. The, the air that was blowing out of the mine was like deep freeze. It was like an air conditioner. It was really yeah. interesting. And then we went to the Evan City Cemetery where they shot Night of the Living Dead, and that was amazing. Like you said, you just pull up. I was like, oh, there it is. I loved it because when you're pulling up, you feel like you're in the opening yeah. credits. Like it's everything's in color, which is weird. Yeah, yeah everything needs to be black and white. But I like. You're... Thank you, Ted Turner. <laughs> yeah. And then and then yeah then like I I, say, I said to Lee. Lee and I were hanging out at the theater yesterday and like, don't talk to each other because we want to talk about this on, on the air. You go and I got a picture with the, the tombstone and so there's this dumb picture of me somewhere in one of my phones or on the internet of me with my arm like around the tombstone and then moments later I turned around and was like, oh, this is for babies. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I'm sorry, babies. It's funny, there was a lot of fans in the area that this past weekend. Oh, I'm sure, of, yeah. So when we went to the cemetery... There were a few cars pulling up, and they were all going to the same graves. Some people are wandering in different directions. I'm like, hey, <laughs> the kid's over here. You can tell because I don't know how regularly that cemetery is visited because it's really old graves. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, you can tell what's Night of the Living Dead because there's people leave pennies and little bits of flowers and stuff on the graves, the headstones and stuff. So right. they're not just go visiting. They pay a little bit of respect by leaving a penny or a quarter yeah. or a nickel or and uh, there's a little bit of a tribute going on, but yeah, baby. There's one headstone. Uh, there's one <laughs> tiny headstone. This is baby. Baby. Yeah. Sorry, it's like baby. Your child died before you gave it a name, so you just yeah, put just... baby on the headstone. And I, I was ready to, you know, I'm extra Canadian when I travel, so to be all polite and. But there was nobody there. Like I thought I'd have to be like, "Oh, we're really sorry. We don't mean any disrespect. We just want to check out the gravestone because we're we're movie nerds." Yeah. We just yeah we just drove right in. On the horizon was some guy mowing the lawn. But yeah. we just went in and left, you know, like and, and went through. I guess that's the what's the graveyard called again? The Evan City. So I guess it's that city, but we drove city. right through Cemetery. this lovely little town that oh, yeah. like looked like a little town you could live in. Like had a movie theater, had a bar, had a like you know central post office, and city hall, this stuff. Where so many little small towns nowadays is just you know there is no movie theater or bar or restaurants or whatever. Evan City is very very tiny. Yeah, they've got a drive-through subway which I've never seen before. What? Wow! <laughs> a little window. Um, they have a Living Dead store where you can go buy T-shirts and see props and right. remember from everything from, because the crazies was also shot in Evan City. And uh, they've got a little plaque, a Night of Living Dead plaque, with pictures of George Romero filming the movie back in the day. So, yeah, it, it's, 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 not, it's worth not just going to mm -hmm. the cemetery, but getting into the city a little bit and looking around. Uh, I was disappointed when I left Pittsburgh to see that the Monroeville Airport is still up. It's oh, this right, little yeah. shack, if you remember in the movie where oh, yeah. Kidford goes beginning. and he shoots the kids. It's still there. And I'm like, damn it, I wish we went to the Monroeville Airport. I saw that when I got back on Lawrence's Facebook posting. What else was I going to say about Oh, Michael Gornick. You know who Michael Gornick yeah. is? Yeah, he He's... shot Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, Creepshow. He directed Creepshow 2. Yeah. He was George Romero's cinematographer. He was there, and he was really fun to talk to. Yeah. 
um, lucid more than the others. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm trying to track down a 35 millimeter printer. Creepshow two for him now. He gave me his uh, his contact information. So he was sweet. Um, they were all like, they were all pretty interesting fellas. Uh, all old friends of Romero or Sabini. Yeah. A few of them are still acting. Uh, you know, the nurse zombie met her husband while making Dawn of the Dead, who's now passed. Oh, Ken Forhey said something really nice to me about. To, to, about oh David yeah, Cass. I saw that. What did he say? He just, I don't know. He just said. I, I met him. I met Ken Forey before, and I, and I and I said, oh, "It's nice seeing you again." I, I'm sure you don't remember me at all, but I was with David Hess the last time I saw you, uh, and he's like, "Whoa!" And he got really emotional about David, and he's like, "Wow!" He's like, "And you? What, how do you know David?" And I told him about Smash Cut, and we had a nice brotherly uh, connection. <laughs> and he signed something nice, saying, "This is for David." Uh, I met Tom Savini, who completely. I told him the story when I met Tom Savini. I was with David Hess. Uh, Tom was Tom Savini nice. Oh, he's, when, when I met him the first time, yeah. with David, I was in—I was where the hell was I in, in Boston? I was in Boston, and and I saw Tom Savini. I said, "Look, David, it's Tom Savini." And David's like, "You want to meet Tom? I know Tom." I'm like, "God damn, yes!" <laughs> and so he took me to meet Tom, and Tom was like, "Hey, David." He was really chipper, and really yeah. on top of his game, it seemed. And he said, "David, have you seen the Last House on the Left remake?" Because it was just in the theater. Last house, did you see the Last House on the Left remake? And David said, no, not yet. And I said, well, Tom, I've seen it. And he goes, what did you think? And I said, well, at the end of the movie, there's this long shot of the, of the street. Well, during the end credits, you see it, and the house is on the right side of the street. And ah. he thought that was really funny. And then Tom McSorley, uh, Tom McSorley, <laughs> Tom, Tom Savini, please come to the stage. Tom Savini. So he ran to the stage and said, like, hey, everyone, in front of hundreds of people, there's, Tom, there's, uh, there's David Hess. So everyone gave a big ovation, and then it's like, I, his buddy over there just saw the remake of Last of the House on the Left and said it, it, it sucked because the house is on the right, and everyone <laughs> laughed, and I felt, oh, that's really cute. <laughs> My, you know, that I affected Tom Savini's yeah. public speech. So I saw Tom Savini at the Evan City, uh, sorry, at the Monroeville Mall this past weekend, and I told him that whole story. And he goes, there's not a remake of Last House on the Left. <laughs> we just thought I was making what? it all up. And I'm like, yeah, there was a remake. Like, he goes, when? In like 2009, I think? And he goes, no, there's no remake. It's like that never happened. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, Tom. The reputation I thought you had went away yeah. <laughs> the first time I met you. And it's come back, seemingly, this time. You know, he's trying to be nice, but I think all of his friends were bugging him. Yeah. His friends kept trying to get his attention. And he was just kind of trying to stay in the zone. And Friday, there was no one there for autographs. So right. it was... Uh, bit of a shit show and very disorganized the first day but in the end the best part of it was meeting Lawrence and his buddies who showed us this one guy from the UK who were just you know super fans right uh, you know it's like if I get to show people around the Star Wars holiday special set yeah. <laughs> no, no they were super fans and, they, and it was fun to be with them going around the mall I consider myself a Donald super fan but you know it's funny I you know, I just watched it because Romero came to Ottawa with, and I, sh I, I showed Max again so we went to go meet him but there was a time in life I used to watch that like twice a week. <laughs> right. No, no, no matter how big of a super fan you think you are, there's always somebody way more super. Oh, yeah. Because there's always... But never so more handsome. Never. Never, <laughs> no. Because there's always somebody who they put all their focus on one thing. Yeah. Like, like I, I keep my nerd in many different baskets. Like, I yeah. read comic books. I watch movies. Yeah. You know, I like toys and junk and collectibles. But then some people who are just Superman and their whole house, everything is Superman, yeah. posters, books... Yeah. So that's when you get that focus when you just and you and they've probably watched it once a week for forty years. Yeah. And yeah. know every little thing. Yeah. Everyone at these 
Pittsburgh area conventions, most of them aren't still in like the film biz, I think. Well, yeah, no, it's funny. There was very few that I found that were still making movies. The helicopter zombies seem to have done something recently, or there was somebody else. I think the nurse zombie still in plays, does okay, plays, yeah. but yeah, it's not like uh, even Romero. You know, I guess it's been a while since Diary was the last one. Survival. Survival. So Diary was before. You're right. Yeah. So Survival. And that was a few years ago. Yeah. He, he did write a couple of very, very good comic book series for DC Comics that are kind of unofficially in the dead mm-hmm. universe that people have said might be turned into a TV series, which I think would be really good. So he he's done some writing, but then it snuck up on me that I guess there's another dead movie coming out that he's co-written and produced. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know how far that away is, but... Going to the Monroeville Mall and seeing a movie at the cinema there, it's a huge cineplex, a multiplex that I think they regretted opening because the mall was dead. And yeah. So it was the cinema on Friday night, the opening of The Mummy, like there was only like, there was three of us and maybe three other people. But it's one of those cinemas where they hang old movie posters to make it seem like they like movies, <laughs> which I think we can't do here because it looks like we're going to show that movie. Yeah. But instead of having a poster for Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, which... I thought would have been would make put, sense. Put Dawn of the Dead somewhere. They had a framed poster for Pearl Harbor up. Uh, no. <laughs> That's <laughs> an old movie to them. <laughs> and then I, and I, I wanted to rip that down, amongst other things. I took <laughs> and then, then Disney would be like, "We won't press charges <laughs> <laughs> if you return the <laughs> Dawn of the Dead." Uh, sorry, Pearl, Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor. Oh that my God. Classic. I saw that here at the Mayfair, whatever year that came out, and just because I would watch anything, still will watch anything. And my brother and I were sitting in the balcony watching it, and we weren't trying to be jerks. We weren't trying to be hecklers, but we're out loud laughing, as were other yeah. people in theater, at the dialogue. And as, and I was, I just couldn't believe how easily parodied it was, like yeah. how the dialogue, if you didn't know, you thought could have been from a movie like Airplane or something yeah. like that. And this was a giant big... And it, it was like, you know, the first of many hints that Michael Bay will keep making money, but isn't good at what he does. He tried to win an Oscar with that movie. He yeah, tried, yeah, I yeah. deserve an Oscar if they give Oscars out, not to anyone. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm proud... Uh, my, one of my favorite things about uh, being associated with the Mayfair is that in, in nine years, however long we've been uh, yeah. operating, we have never shown a Michael Bay movie. Michael Bay free. Yeah, I want to put his face in our piss box. Uh, <laughs> and I thought the same thing of, I thought well, yeah, we'd get piss box and put faces of terrible filmmakers in the piss box, and then something horrible happened to, oh yeah. Oh, Zack Snyder. I was going to say, yeah. Zack Snyder would have fed well into her piss box, but then I would have felt bad. Yeah, Zack Snyder's getting a pass for the time being. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, let's, before we run out of time, let's just briefly talk about the movies we have this week, June 16th to 22nd, 2017, if you're listening right away. We have the premiere this week is, I keep on calling it City of Lights, but it's City of Tiny Lights. Yeah, City of Lights, isn't that a Michael J. Fox movie? I think that's a different movie, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bright Lights, big. Bright Lights, big city. <laughs> city. Yes, I went to see that. So it looks like a, it's like a present day London kind yes. of film noir yes. detective movie. Uh, Bori Rook is the star. Sorry, yeah. what's his real name? Not Riz, Riz, Riz Ahmed. Ahmed. Yes. So it's his he's, Corvette Summer? Yes. It's, yes. His, <laughs> name, his name is Buddy Rook in our house, but it's, yeah, Riz Ahmed. We, who we met at the Star Wars Celebration, who's a lovely man. I told him how much I liked Four Lions. Oh, that was a great movie, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm going to come see it. And Billy Piper's in it from Doctor Who, so I'll be... Yeah, it, look, it looks good. It looks I good, yeah. It. So we have that. Uh, Bond Cop, Bad Cop 2, returning for a second week. Which I backhanded compliment, but I thought was shockingly very good. Oh, like, really? like I really liked it. Audience pleaser, people laughing, yeah. and you know its budget was probably I don't know three million dollars. Yeah, and I bet you it's better than 
Fast and Furious. Like yeah. it, it was, it had cool car stuff in it. You uh, put the, that dollar down almost in any movie. Yeah, 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 true. <laughs> but yeah, so we have that. So that's our, our uh, Canadian content this week. A movie I don't know much about called The Lovers. Yes, With Deborah Winger. Yes, Deborah Winger. Uh, this is about a couple. They've been married for years. They've been cheating on each other, and then they kind of fall back in love after years of. Right. Not being faithful. So is it like a heavy drama that turns into a It's kind of like a light, com- light comedy. Who would cheat on Deborah Winger? This guy. <laughs> Who's this guy? And then we have our near-monthly, monthly screening of the Rocky Horror Picture Show with the Absent Friend Shadowcast. Uh, this this week I went to see a play at Fringe Fest that Sam's in from Absent Friends. Oh, yeah, good. Is it good? It was good. It was very John Waters-esque. Yeah. Like a very like R-rated did he write it? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know who wrote it, but it was about a uh, a porn set, about a murder mystery on a porn set. Oh, wow. oh nice! Yeah, it That's was well done. Idea. It was well done. Are you working Saturday night? No. Continue. Continue. <laughs> 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 Just checking. <laughs> then we have our monthly kids club presentation of Uncle Buck with John Candy, which always kind of makes me a little sad. I admit when I see John Candy, grew up on him. I was a kid watching. Is weird programming, but my mom said that they used to rerun SCTV. On Sunday afternoons, yeah. yeah. So I, I would, I, as like a five-year-old, I would watch SCTV at one o'clock on a Sunday, and so that's where I really first got to see all these greats. And uh, and it's directed by John Hughes, kind of right in between his teen slash baby baby era, <laughs> like his baby's day out. Right in between there, he did this and planes, trains, automobiles. So he had yeah. kind of like the teen era, the grown-up era, and then the baby you era. Remember, she's she's having a baby. Yes, yeah. See, like I was t- telling a big John Hughes fan over the weekend, we were at the Monroeville Mall, and he, I was telling him about she's having a baby. He doesn't remember it. It wasn't Tom Savini. He didn't believe me. <laughs> it's not that he didn't believe me. He just doesn't remember John it. John Hughes never made she's having a baby. And I thought of there's a real big missed opportunity in uh, she's having a baby because in planes trains yes john candy oh no steve martin needs to get a yeah get in a cab yeah and he's on the street and he's fighting over a cab with kevin bacon yes and they're running down the sidewalks together on either side of the street and kevin bacon beats steve martin to the cab gets in the cab and takes off and i thought that same scene would have been in she's having a baby because it came out just a few weeks later that'd be great shared universe yeah i thought that was i was and i went to see she's having a baby because of that cameo he made and I was disappointed that That's I was funny. in there. And then the last movie this week is Solaris. Oh, oh three hour to Tarkovsky. So yeah. it's, it's 1972, Two, I believe. Yeah. yeah, I've seen it in like film school, I think. But in between then and now, I've seen the Clooney Solaris. Yeah. People like that movie. Yeah. People like Tobik Sorley, and I met some people in the bar the other day. Yeah, it's really good. And I, I just I didn't like this Clooney thing. I kept oh. Sonnenberg, right? Sonnenberg, yeah. correct, correct. I thought he retired. Now he's here, back. He's got a new movie. But you know what he's doing after his new movie? What? Ocean's Eight. What? He's it, not directing that though. I didn't think. Oh no. No, it's another team. Oh, okay, yeah. Ocean's Eight coming out. You know what my least favorite thing about the title? What? That means it's like the Phantom Menace of the Ocean series. Right, right, right. Ocean's Nine and Ten. Will, you know, it's a new a prequel trilogy. Yeah. They're doing for the Ocean's Eleven remake. Like, is that completely necessary? No, it's a different director. Oh, I didn't see your Jello poster. Yeah, I did the posters up. So, uh, are they and, on Facebook? Yes, they're everywhere. That's what I did this morning. Oh, I didn't see those. They're, they're nice with the Mayfair logo. Most things do, except for when Andrew wears a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what we're talking about is how's it pronounced? Giallo. 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 
for someone who doesn't, I know what this is, but for someone who doesn't know what that is, what what does that mean? Well, it, it's interesting. The giallo is in Italian for the word yellow. Okay. And uh, there was a lot of crime, sexy crime novels published in Italy. Pulp novels, yeah. Pulp novels on really shitty quality yellow paper. Oh, like it, was, it was It was cool. you know, a cheap way to print uh, novels. So they dubbed the novels giallo because they were yellow, done on yellow paper. So when the movies came out based on the same books, they just kept... The, the, the name Jallo, and uh, so I mean Dario Argento is probably most famous for these films. Right. Sergio Martini, which we're showing one of his films, but these are some classics. Uh, the Alamo Draft House Cinema now has a distribution company called AFGA, American Genre Film Archive. Right. It's it's a non for profit. I got the abbreviation oh wrong. It's a non for profit. That they also did uh, the Zodiac Killer, which we're showing. They bought a bunch of our prints. Oh my God! So we're just gonna keep on getting these awesome, yeah, cool so movies now. Taking these prints, making two K uh, restorations, uh, DCP scans, and we're getting these three films. Uh, one of which is directed by Fulci, Lucio Fulci's "Don't Touch Your Duckling," which is one of my favorite films of his. Do not torture a duckling. I think it's "Don't Torture a Duckling." Yeah. Anyway, it, the poster, the American poster, says "Do not torture a duckling." Anyway, that's a that's a fun film. He was thanked. In which Tarantino movie? Fulci got to think in Kill Bill. Kill Bill Volume Two. Yeah, I think? and and I think I think mostly specifically because of a scene in this movie in the graveyard. There's a violent act when someone's playing their transistor radio. Some pop song is on, and so it's like violence meets, you know, FM yeah. radio, which is yeah. something that Tarantino likes to do. Death laid an egg. I've never seen that one. I love that title, Death laid an egg. I love the poster, but cracked egg. But what I'm most excited about is the marquee from the night we play. Oh my God. Your vice <laughs> is a locked room, and I only have the key. I can't wait for it. That's the marquee. Yeah. So the, like the three titles again are Your vice is a locked room, and only I have the key. Death laid an egg. And don't torture a duckling. Yes. What the hell does that mean? Like they're just. <laughs> and what I love, you look this up, like the trailers, the taglines. You look at like, the international posters. There's some that are just naked, yeah. like you couldn't. Yeah. We couldn't use them here. And most of them are they're they're like unrated or not rated. Yeah. So they're which would technically mean X, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I lo- I just love that we're getting this stuff. I love that this stuff is is being unearthed. Yeah, and what's what's artsy about these movies? Because they sound like just a bunch of movies based on pulp novels, some like titty movies. What's great <laughs> about them is that um, you know back in Italy and throughout the seventies, the late sixties and, and throughout the seventies, when these films were really hot, they did films in Italy. MOS they shot MOS, which means they oh, didn't right. have sound. They didn't use boom mics. They didn't have a sound recording, and they would just like do- like the do- dollars films, like Good, Bad, and the Ugly, or Fistful of Dollars. They would post up all the dialogue, so the mouths are a little rubbery. So the crew but, could talk while they were shooting a scene. Well, what the best thing about what happened on set without a sound department is that the camera got wild. The camera and the art direction, and they didn't have to wait around for sound, and they didn't have to avoid the boom mic. They could put the camera in places that normal movies couldn't put cameras. They just shot a lot of coverage. They shot beautifully. And the, the screen was alive with image, and then they post dubbed it. And then what happened? And I met Fred Williamson. He told me when yeah, he was, went to just, he's like, I he, invented. He told me that he <laughs> went. I went down there and I taught those Italians how to shoot with sound because I couldn't believe we were shooting all our movies and with no no sound. I went down there and I showed them how to do it. And now they all shoot with sound. I'm like, oh, so you single-handedly ruined Italian cinema <laughs> because once they got sound in, even the top directors like Fulci and, and, and Argento, 
became less stylist because they had to worry about sound on set and all of a sudden sl the production slowed down a little bit and uh, they were avoiding boom mics and all of a yeah. sudden the image wasn't striking as it was throughout the late 60s into the 70s. Like these three films, these Jallo films, which I think everyone who loves cinema should come see. And you know what? It also, it's programmed, it's programmed with a little bit of thought into it ending in and around Saturday Night Cinema so that there might be one more Jallo film oh, will play at the tricky. end of uh, August uh, in Saturday Night Cinema. Just when summer ends. That's sad that I'm looking forward to the end of summer. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, I'm glad we get to have a little bit of fun, even though the business is a little slow these days uh, with these three Jallo films and a few other things. Yeah, I think, I think it was George saying when he went over to visit Italy and he went on a film set over there for the first time, he was just like, what is this? Like, everybody's talking and there's music playing and nobody's paying attention, it seemed like. Yeah. And then vice versa, when Dario came over to Pittsburgh, I guess, yeah. for a visit, he was like, everybody's so quiet and like the old, like, okay, quiet on set, everybody. Yeah. And just the two different worlds yeah. of a film set being loud and people yelling at each other and turn that light and do this yeah. during the actor's yeah. work. Yeah. Whereas in North America, it's, no, everyone shut up, let the actor do their thing. Apparently, Clint Eastwood sets are like being in church like no right. one's allowed to talk yeah it's really sad Scorsese's sets are like that too and, he, and yeah <laughs> I think it's Scorsese oh. Larry David uh, yes Curb Your Enthusiasm is being rerun now on the movie network and I've been catching it and he's that scene where he goes on Martin Scorsese's oh. set <laughs> but he, he's been enjoying some uh, cunnilingus is that what he said <laughs> and he's got a pubic hair at the back of his throat he's uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino, uh, no cell phones, no sleeping. Yeah, it's, it, I, I, I like hearing. Well, no, if you fall asleep, someone's gonna draw like a, a dick on a dick on your face. <laughs> yeah. That's what happens at the Mayfair. Should happen at the Mayfair. Yeah. Anyway, somebody was. I, I happened to post retweet a picture of the black hole today. I think there's a, a Twitter site I really like, old movie ads, and I guess right now is the whatever anniversary of the black hole coming out, mm -hmm. and I just commented on it that. This would be top of my list to play at a kids' club, but we can't because of the right. Disney vaults. I love Black Hole. Oh, I love it. And I haven't seen it forever. And it's not on Blu-ray yet, even. But somebody from the States commented and went, oh, it just played at New Beverly, like, last weekend. Right. And I replied. It was like, well, somehow New Beverly is above the law. Yeah. And us other movie theaters can't get yeah. what they get. Because I noticed that, like, even they had, like, those old... Kurt Russell Disney movies yeah. on 35 so it's like New Beverly's it's in its own little wormhole yeah. alternate universe are they select. just breaking the rules or do they yeah, I, I, they I, I don't have... know if Tarantino has an agreement with Disney I know Disney really fucked him when he released oh, uh, the, the Hateful, Hateful Eight. Eight yeah so uh, maybe he's getting a pass they, when the Hateful Eight was supposed to play in Los Angeles on 70 millimeter it only did that for one weekend because I think because Force Awakens kicked them they out. had a contract to play it there yeah. And then oh. Disney's like went to Cinerama Dome and was like, "No, you're gonna you're gonna show Force Awakens instead of Hateful Eight. But Disney, yeah, I, so he can just show the Disney films and they'll probably leave them alone. But I think there's also distribution laws that exist in Canada that don't exist in the United States, right? Because yeah, because I noticed like they were playing just stuff like all in 35, of course, yeah. but like Herbie the Love Bug and whatever. Every once in a while, somebody will be like, "Oh, are you guys gonna get that?" Like, no, <laughs> no, we can't get that. <laughs> And he's like, yeah, if we could play Star Wars, don't you think we would have played Star Wars at least once in the past ten years? Yeah. But, yeah, so it's a weird, it's a weird anomaly. We're not allowed to show those. Mm. But, um, but yeah, so, so do mark your calendars for this 
little mini Italian Jallo fest we have coming up because that's really exciting to get to see this stuff on the big screen. I've never heard of these movies before. I know the genre very well. I know Dario, but to yeah. see something like this is really lost treasure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then it is promising that this is, well, I don't know, the fourth or fifth Agfa film we've played in recent yeah, like every History time now. I'm, we're lucky enough to be on their email subscription list. So, right. Yeah, I, it's hard to say no to any of this stuff. I'm also on Jerry Lewis's subscription list in Burt <laughs> Reynolds, so I get little news updates. And Jerry Lewis is in Toronto shooting a movie. Wasn't he in the hospital? Like, yeah, he, had... he was just not. I heard this news. Jerry Lewis is going to be in Toronto. I'm like, what? And because I'm a part of his fan newsletter, he uh, he went to the emergency. Well, I think he was in Vegas. Anyway, he's 91. He's probably just visiting. Somebody was asking. Because it, recently it made the news that his long-lost World War II movie had been found, maybe, at Jerry yeah. Lewis's. And they're like, oh, that's like Lost Treasure. You guys are going to show that? And I just kind of said, I replied, like, you know, maybe there's some stuff that didn't make it for a reason. And, and yes, I admit, as a, as a film fan, there's morbid curiosity there. But I don't know about that movie. Jerry Lewis just recently said again, no one's ever going to see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, no. He's got a copy. He's got a. He has a negative. That was one, one thing about Jerry Lewis when he when he made his de deal when he started directing films for Paramount. He uh, he got director's cut and he got to own the negatives. So he owns all his movies. So we're, we will safely never see that. Yeah, unless yeah, some somebody fan after he's dead says, okay, let's bring it out because yeah. he's dead and. He's not going to complain. I want to see it when Jerry Lewis wants me to see it. Yeah. <laughs> Probably never. So, yeah, so that's about it for this week. Tune in to our various social medias and website to see what other new stuff we have coming up. Whenever people ask me, are you getting this, I always just kind of say, well, as soon as we know, it gets up there on the website moments later. Yeah, so it's true. So it's check amazing. out the website. Cineplex doesn't operate like that. Landmark doesn't operate like that. Yeah. Like, you, you told me about the, the Jallo stuff yesterday, and this morning I made all the posters yeah. for it. So that's, that's how quick cool. the turnaround was. Yeah. So, yeah, check out that. We'll have more news coming soon for more cool movies. Go visit our friends at House of Targ across the street for some progies and pinball before coming here to watch a movie. We'll see you soon at the theater. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. Ciao. In 1968, George Romero brought us... Night of the Living Dead. It became the classic horror film of its time. Not that room! Not that room! Now, George Romero brings us the most intensely shocking motion picture experience for all times. It gets up and kills. The people it kills get up and kill. This situation must be controlled before it's too late. They are multiplying too rapidly. Dawn. Of the dead. Meet me on the roof at nine o'clock. Get yeah. out. I don't believe We're it. We're gonna what? get out in the chopper. We've got to survive. Somebody's got to survive. They kill for one reason. They kill for food. They eat their victims. Imagine, if you will, that something has gone terribly wrong. Shoot it, man. Now, accept the fact that there's no escaping the horrible consequences. George Romero brings back the dead. Night of the Living Dead has ended. Dawn of the Dead is here. We must not be lulled by the concept that these are our family members or our friends. They are not. They will not respond to such emotions. Operator dead. Post abandoned. You may never get out of the room. It's everywhere. What the hell is it? 
Looks like a shopping center, one of those big indoor malls. What are they doing? Why do they come here? Some kind of instinct, memory, what they used to do. This was an important place in their lives. What is it? We've got a war. We have spawned our own savagery. Soon, it will consume us all. It is a horrible, hauntingly accurate vision of the mindless excesses of a society gone mad. They must be destroyed on sight. When there is no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. We are down to the line, folks. We are down to the line. Dawn of the Dead.